Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And my name is Megan Eanes, a local real estate agent for 20 years and part of the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are excited to share everything that we love about Winchester, Virginia with you. And we want you to be informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. Yep. If you want local knowledge, you have come to the right place. Well, happy post-4th of July. Yes. Yes. So we talked about it last week. Um did you see fireworks? Did you go to any of them? I can see them from my front yard. So the neighbors nice. all kind of come together. And it's not as good as it used to be 13 years ago when we moved in because the trees have all grown around uh-huh. us. So right. it's right. not as good of a view, but we can still see. Cool. See pretty decent. It's better than dealing with the traffic. See, I had a very similar experience. I can walk right down my back alley and see the city fireworks. Nice. How were they? Behind Hanley. I mean, they they still were off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is that up there on that hill behind Hanley, you can see a good uh, horizon of probably 180 degree perspective. And we looked down and you could see, I think, fireworks in Middletown, potentially. It looked like there were fireworks going down in Warren County that we could see. We saw the city fireworks. And then there was some other offshoot, maybe even Clark County. I'm not sure, but there was at least four or five different firework scenes happening that we could see. It was kind of fun. And there was a lot of people that were up there in the hill just hanging out, having a good old time. And we just walked right down, saw it, and, yeah, we said, okay, happy 4th of July. See, that's <laughs> nice. Stephen City traffic is just um... – they're trying it's, to fix that, though, it's, right? It's been a work in progress for a yeah. very long time. But yeah. whenever there's events at Trando, they try. Um, but it's always just so crowded trying to get out of there. So yeah. we just, we've, we've done this for, like I said, I think 13 years now. And a bunch of our neighbors all come over and we all kind of pile into cool. my, my front yard and, and watch it from there. And it's pretty awesome. I, I did say to my husband, I'm like, how awesome would it be? To be in a plane, like, you know, flying into Dulles or something oh, like yeah. that around that time to be able to see all yeah. the different, you know, fireworks and stuff that yeah. are going off in, in the areas. And you kind of actually got to see that. You got for a yourself chance to see them all from yeah. the ground. From the ground, <laughs> from an elevated ground, yeah, right behind Hanley. It was fun. Yeah. So that was my experience. But beyond that, we we're almost kid free. One kid is living on his own now, and then the other one was at camp. So we're just like hanging out, empty nesters. And, and nice. we were we were supposed to maybe for Icon Real Estate. I wanted to post like some social media stuff of like here's the team of what's happening for Fourth of July. I was looking at my wife Eric. I'm like, what are we? It's kind of tough to post a picture in the dark that you're at fireworks. And then on the Fourth of July, we did nothing. I mean, and and we were very boring, very boring people. You can tell with my storytelling here. There's really nothing to tell. So that's. That's the life that I'm living right now. Well, and that's kind of how our weekend was too. My we had a swim meet um, Saturday morning, and then my daughter left and went with my sister to go camping on a friend's property. And so it was just my husband and I, and then um, well, my son Ben and his my our kind of other son Sam, who's yeah. always at our house, but we never see them. They're yeah. doing whatever they're doing. So yeah, same thing. I was like, I can't really be able to post a picture when yep. we're really not doing much not of anything. Doing much. You know, we hung out with our neighbors, but. Um, Living did, boring we to, lives. We went to Bear Chase. Um, oh, that's fun. Have you ever been there before? A couple times. I'd never been there. Yeah. Uh, the view, really. Great views. Stunning. It's a hidden gem, yes, isn't it? it sure is. There you go. I, I can't believe I had never been there before. <laughs> so we, we went there Friday night and we got to listen to um, 
a musician play, and it was it was really wonderful. See, you did some fun stuff. Yeah, I awesome. Guess I did more fun things than I there thought I did. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> recapping. Well, work still doesn't end, even on Fourth of July. I'm doing deals, talking to some of my agents, making calls, planning for the week, and one of the big topics I feel like that I want to dive into today is the appraisal. And I don't know if you're having similar um, experiences, but I have firsthand stories to share. First of all, what is an appraisal? Uh, An appraisal is the bank needing verification of the price of the house to make sure that they're not um, overreaching with their loan. So it's kind of validating the loan for the bank. Uh, Essentially, the appraiser works for the bank. you can't handpick your appraiser either. It's a it's a random uh, request that gets put out by the bank. So if you are the buyer and you're using a loan, you're going to have an appraisal. And over the last several months, we've been talking about the market and how the market's crazy mm-hmm. right now and how, you know, in order to get deals, buyers are having to waive contingencies. One of the contingencies out there in any standard contract is an appraisal. Well, First, you also have a financing contingency. Make sure that like you qualify for a loan. Right, actually that, can get the loan. That you don't lose your job between mm-hmm. the time of contract and closing. That's that's a good one. Make sure <laughs> if you're a buyer, make sure you have that contingency in place. Or or making any major purchases <laughs> yeah. while you're getting ready don't to buy Don't go buying your yourself a nice boat or other other fancy car mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, lenders will slap your hands for that and say, now you don't qualify. But anyway, so you have a financing contingency, but then another component of that is an appraisal contingency. So you want to make sure that the house, um, the sales price of the house matches the appraised value. If not, you've got some things to sort through, right? I mean, what what would be the... Well, the usually, options that you have if you have a low appraisal. Right. I always tell my clients you've got three options basically. Okay. Um, one, if the let's say you know you're ten thousand dollars off of what the appraised about of what the sales price is. Let's say it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollars is the sales price and it appraises for two forty. Mm-hmm. I tell my clients you got three options. Mm-hmm. You can accept it, and then you're going to have to bring an extra ten thousand dollars to closing to make up the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask the seller to come down to the appraised value. Mm-hmm. And then now the sales price now becomes 240, or you can split the difference, or find something kind of in between where the seller comes down 5,000 and the buyer has to bring 5,000 to closing. Right. But it does right. re, it does open up negotiations again in the contract. And that's so yeah, that's right. It opens up negotiations, and that's part of the, what a contingency is helping and benefiting a buyer is that you have that potential where you don't have to buy the house. Mm-hmm. So it's relevant today, I feel like, because the market and how it's fluctuating, it's gone up, and now it's kind of self-correcting a little bit, where we've talked about this historically. It's just summer, and so there's still sales prices that are seemingly high, and people are getting these sales prices. What happens when you get that low appraisal? So (laughs) My personal story is I've been working on a house that's an investment house that my son is living in, and I need to get it reappraised because, long story, I mean, I want to keep the money flowing and have cash back. So it's really for a refinance purpose, not just for a purchase of a house appraisal. The appraisal came in way, way, way lower than I thought it could be and should be. And I'm a realtor. I do this a lot. 
you and I as real estate agents do what's called a comp report mm -hmm. for our clients. So if you're listening and you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, do I need to get myself an appraisal before I list a house? My answer to that is no. Find your trusted real estate agent, preferably Icon Real Estate, and when you do that, have them pull together a comp report. It's, a, it's similar to what an appraiser does. Correct. We're, we're not going to get into the level of weeds and details that an appraisal would do. They're the professionals, but we are also experts of knowing what the market can bear. Mm -hmm. So we'll give a comp report. So I, in my professional realtor opinion, um, this appraisal came in really low. So now what do I do? What I mean, how do I approach that? You've got to talk to that appraiser and, and try to confirm what, find out what comps that they use, see if they're the same, you know, properties that have sold. Obviously, as a comp, you're looking for properties that have sold, not mm -hmm. that are under contract, not that are on the market, but they have to actually have closed. They have closed, right. So right. you're trying to find, make sure that those comps that have closed, obviously, are um, similar to the ones that the appraiser used. Yeah. Or find out what they used. Or and provide funny, them with what you use. We, you and I, were both at a lending seminar. Mm -hmm. um, was it last week? Yeah, last, it was last week. Thursday. Um, where they put up a couple of appraisers on the stage to be brave enough to have a Q&A with realtors and the lender. Mm -hmm. So we learned a lot at that. Um, what I'll, I'll pose to you, what, what was one of your takeaways from that experience of how do you approach as a realtor or even as a buyer a low appraisal or something that you want to challenge? What I liked, kind of just to back it up just a little bit, that I, I got from that was there was a document that they had that we can actually provide to yeah. the appraiser with the information that we've used. So you can let them know what comps you have or if there's questions or if there's any repairs that have been done to the property, give the appraiser as much possible information as you can up front mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, letting them do their thing and then coming back and trying to fix it and be like, oh, but you didn't know that there was a new roof or mm -hmm. you didn't know that this was new because um, that does play a role into the appraised value also. And to be proactive right. as much as possible as well um, as, a, as a seller, as a buyer, as the realtor to say okay here's what the house has to offer give that to them in advance but yeah there's a form mm -hmm. to fill out there's an appeal process to to go through one of the interesting things i learned was the appraisers on the stage were like don't call us right. don't don't find us when you have a problem or an issue go through your bank let the bank go through that process mm -hmm. i remember that and i'm like i know this appraiser who gave me a low appraisal okay he called me a couple times before he went out there, and he's a nice guy. And you know, we, since we have a little bit of a rapport, I'm kind of being nice to him, kind of a break. Now I got the super low appraisal. Now I'm freaking out. I'm like, how do I graciously right. <laughs> go back to him? That is the, that's the key I've word. done everything <laughs> humanly possible to not call him back now, and I'm trying to go through the channels in the process. My bank finally got back to me um, even yesterday, and said. Give us your three or four or five comps that you think would help the value. And they also said, you know, make sure that they're not the same ones that he used. I'm like, oh, boy. All right. So I spent a couple hours of my day yesterday going through and finding those kinds of comps. 
So for any of you listeners out there, you can't do that, but your agent can. Right. Okay, so you you can go through and find the comps and crunch some numbers. I will crunch numbers with the best of them, okay? I love getting to the weeds and really looking at the math, looking at the price per square foot, looking at the pictures. I mean, I'm not going to brag, but I feel like I can do an appraisal pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here looking at it, and I'm like, yes, he is so far off. And I here's the, the interesting thing thing that I pointed out to the bank when I made my long novel of an email to them with my comp reports. I submitted pictures of my house. I submitted the comp reports. I submitted pictures of those comp reports as well. So anybody who wants to review them or evaluate them has all the materials and all the information possible. There wasn't a form that my bank asked to fill out. Mm -hmm. They just said, just give us your thoughts. So fair fair game to get my (laughs) thoughts on paper. So what I ended up finding, which is interesting, I I do value price per square foot pretty significantly, especially when it's a city house, because the land is not a factor. They're all pretty much the same lot size. Mm-hmm. Then you need to look at the condition to evaluate it with the price. The average city house price out there that of all the comps I've been finding are going anywhere between 215 to 225 a square foot. That seems really high, and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty significant. There were some that I found that were 230s, 250s. Um, now, I've been seeing some listings that are like 280, 290 a square foot, and instantly I can say that's overpriced. Right. So I know the market to where 220, 225 is a pretty good average. The comps that he pulled were $225 a, a square foot on average. Actually, sorry, 221 the comps that I found were like 226. So how am I going to justify to him that his comps were bad? I'm not. Because they're similar. They are similar. So my argument to him is he did not make appropriate adjustments. Now let me get into the weeds of that. And when we're at our seminar, we Mm -hmm. can learn what an adjustment is. An adjustment is something that the appraiser is going to give or take away based off of the condition of the house or even the location of the house. So, for example, if a house has a swimming pool, that was one of the questions. Right. Now, above ground or in ground? (laughs) Does an appraiser give an added value to that house if the house I'm selling doesn't have a pool? But if it did, if it had a pool, I would argue, give me X number of thousands of dollars to adjust and bump up the price of my house to compare to another house that doesn't have a pool. That's an example. Mm -hmm. So my argument in my novel email to this appraiser was, you had good comps. They averaged 221. Why did you evaluate my house at $198 a foot when everything about my house is brand new? New kitchen, new electrical, new plumbing, new bathrooms. I have four levels that are finished square feet, finished the basement, added bathroom, finished the attic, brand new HVAC. We're talking almost brand new house here. Right. So you're seeing the condition of the house is almost brand new and you're evaluating me under a price per square foot. That's the average. The eyeball gut check just doesn't add up. No, it doesn't sound like it. So the appeal process to me is not as much arguing, here are five new comps and you need to use these. The argument that I was making is you need to adjust your adjustments. Change your adjustments to factor in 
the better value that my house has or factor in the things that the other houses don't have that my house does or vice versa. But there's got to be some sort of appraisal system that accounts for that to where the eyeball check adds up. Right. Let me ask you this. Did he actually come to the property and he come did. into the property? He did. Because I know there pictures. have been some kind yep. of drive-by There have appraisals. been some drive-bys. Yes. So there's a difference between had it been a drive-by and he not been in yes. and seen what you have done. And I've gone through that process with this same bank before where it was just a drive-by. An outsider mm-hmm. didn't even live in town, had no clue about the location and the nuances of the city of Winchester and the locations of where things are got bad appraisals from that as well. So there's there is a very art and science to having a good appraisal. Um, but there's also an art and science of how to graciously appeal it <laughs> <laughs> to where you can have facts and stats back it up. In my same comment to them, I said there were some issues with your appraisal that you gave me. Um, for example, you didn't count a bedroom that's in the basement as being a bedroom. It has a closet. It has egress window. The picture that he submitted of it only showed one half of the bedroom that only showed the one window that doesn't count for egress. Well, there was right around the corner. So did he or did he not put his head around the corner of the bedroom down there and see the closet in the window? His picture didn't show that. There is a finished laundry space that he counted as unfinished. There was an attic space that he said, I can't count that as square footage of the house for X, Y, and Z, but it's fully finished. So was able to really take a hard look at the appraisal and say, here's how to back up my appeal process. Mm -hmm. So we're getting in the weeds here. And we did have an appraiser on um, Iconic Talk a while back. You can go back to episode four if you want. William Orth was on the episode. Oh, okay. And William was one of those appraisers on the stage at Marlon's right. event um, a week ago. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed what he had to say. He is very and he bright, was, and he was very intelligent, um, knowledgeable, and um, entertaining. Yes, and and he knows how to speak to realtors and speak their language. He, mm-hmm. he has a little bit of a history of working in the real estate industry beyond just appraisals, and beyond just being like a what I call a number cruncher, bean counter kind of person. He, yeah, he understands it. And, well, he, so, and he's grown up with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in his blood, his family, his father does his it. His father, did. yep. So go back and listen to mm-hmm. William in episode six back there last year because he gives even more of the <laughs> nuances than what I can present. But that was just one of my personal stories. What what do you see out there with appraisals? Well, um, even you talking about them, like my brain is going back to my my. BPO days, my broker price oh, opinion, yeah. which is kind of the, like I said, it's 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 more than just the uh, comp report that you do for a seller, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not exactly what an appraiser does, but it is pretty darn close because mm-hmm. they would take what an appraiser does and compare it to what the realtor does, and a lot of times we were pretty darn close within you know sure. a couple thousand dollars yeah. of value, so I really did learn. Um, uh, about even they they mentioned it at the training that we did about um, you know below grade. Mm-hmm. If anything is below grade, it um, you know immediately doesn't it doesn't count as above grade yep. value, which yep. is huge. So even if you've got especially split foyers, mm-hmm. so you're only the your above grade is going to count price per square footage. Yep. That below grade does yep. not. It's got a totally different value, and that's yep. where your adjustments come in because now you're adjusting for a value for how many thousands of dollars because it has a basement mm-hmm. or because it's a finished basement or because there's a bedroom in a basement. But um, I know people ask all the time, 
if I were to finish my basement and it cost me, you know, $50,000, does it mean that I'm going to have an extra $50,000 I'm going to get when I go to sell my house? Right. No. No. It just doesn't. But it's going to, you know. But it should add up. I mean, there's some... there's some good renovation stats out there of yes. like kitchens and bathrooms and things like that where you get really close to dollar for dollar back. There's other things that when you yes, do renovations, definitely. you're not getting dollar for dollar back when you sell your house. Right. Just that below grade is slightly different. But, yeah, but that is a- important to, to highlight the apples to apples comparison. Mm-hmm. Above grade, that's what tax assessors do, which mm-hmm. is a different yes. kind of person. That's the city or the county is going to go around and assess the value of your house so they can tax you. <laughs> that's not an appraisal, and that is just a drive-by, by the way. But they compare apples to apples of above-grade square footage. And by the way, in my appeal, that's what I'm using as well. You know, mm-hmm. above-grade price per square foot. That $225 for the city right now is all the above-grade square footage of any of those houses. So if there is a basement, like you said, that that counts for... Um, added value of yeah, the definitely. of the house, right? And whether it's unfinished or it's finished, or what type of rooms that you do have in there, it all adds to the value of of the um, of the property, right? Right. Uh, now, in terms of what I'm seeing, um, it's just kind of surprising to me. I just had one recently where um, the the appraisal was waived. Um, I've been hearing that, and I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. I I'm confused by that. But it is a new trend in lending. What was your um, lender's reasoning for having them waive that? Because I'm curious of what what they were saying of why they can waive an appraisal. Do you remember? Um, I don't. Well, I know, but without going into too much detail, um, it's it's what the loan value needs to be, and there would have been plenty of room even with an appraisal okay. for what their their interest would have been covered. Okay. So. And I think that was it versus I personally, I know it's going to be about $500 for the client. Yeah. Um, the buyer's going to have to pay that. They um, typically will pay it. Some lenders let you pay it at closing as part of your closing cost. Someone it paid up front mm-hmm. when you have the appraisal done, um, which obviously is done prior to closing while the property's under contract. Um, I personally like to see them done. And especially right. in this market, when right. the values are a little bit higher, they have definitely gone up. Um, and you've got that opportunity to potentially get the property for a little bit less. Right. Yes, you can spend that $500 and it can appraise, which is great because yep. that just shows you that you're purchasing a house that has value. Yep. Um, if it doesn't, then again, you kind of open up the negotiations again to be able to get the property for a little bit less. Right. Uh, so you're bringing up exactly more case studies of what I've just been experiencing mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. So let's look at it from two perspectives, the seller's perspective and the buyer's perspective. Seller. Having an appraisal waived. Seller, hands down. Seller, you are golden. Yes. And, and I had a listing um, that just recently closed, and the buyer's agent and that lender called me and said, we are waiving the appraisal, which, by the way, we had multiple offers. And we got it $10,000 over listing price. So there was already a little bit of a, not suspect, but we're, we're getting top dollar right. for the house. That, and that's a little more understandable. Yeah. And so for, for the seller, um, we were a little concerned about what is the appraisal going to come in because we did take it with that contingency. Mm-hmm. A week later, when the lender said, you don't have to go through the appraisal process, the buyer's waiving the appraisal. We're waiving the appraisal. 
my seller was shocked. He was like jumping up and down. He's like, are you serious? Like, we don't have to go through this process. Christmas in July for sellers. And we are getting the sales price that we need. Mm -hmm. And that was golden. So I just recently had that experience on the listing and the selling side. On the buying side, yesterday I got a phone call. So, yeah, two appraisal things happened yesterday. One personally for my appraisal and then this phone call from the buyer where they were a little concerned because they just got off the phone with their lender. And their lender said, we're waiving the appraisal. And I've been showing them comps for the house that they now have under contract. And without getting into the weeds of this story, for confidentiality's sake, they were just a little concerned that they might be overpaying. But yet they put their signatures on the sales price. Um, And maybe I didn't dive into it too much with my buyers, but they were maybe hoping to get a lower appraisal to have the leverage to potentially lower the price of the house. Now, if the appraisal came in at their at their sales price number, they're fine. They're happy to pay for it. So they were at a dilemma of, do we go forward with this waiving of the appraisal, or do we spend the $500 to tell my lender, no, 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 I do want an appraisal? We had to hash that out. I will leave that story unfinished until we get to the end conclusion there. Because... We're still under contract. we got to figure this out. But I'll, I'll circle back to this. Once we close, hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll let you know what we decided to do. But that was their right. buyer's dilemma. Well, and I think as as real estate agents, especially having experience with it as well, like both of us do, um, we're showing you know our clients' properties. And they're going to be similar priced. Obviously, it's going to be within their price range. We're not going higher or lower. So they're they're physically stepping into these comps and seeing them for themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they're putting a contract on a house, they're also pretty confident about what the value is based upon other things that we've seen, mm. based upon other things that are in that same, same price range. So I think it's the appraisal. Yes, when it comes to some of those, when you're asking, you know, offering over, trying to be competitive um, and ask, you know, when you're in a you know, multiple offer situation. But I think in general, um, I think there's still confidence yeah. with the buyers because of what they have seen as well. And yep. they, you know, we're not going and showing them this one house that's, you know, $10,000 higher than everything else. And it's obviously much smaller and it's, you know, whatever the condition is, um, they're seeing, they're seeing the comps. Like mm-hmm. I said, they're walking into them. So I think they're a little more confident as yep. well. Yep. Yep. So just tread not lightly, but lean on your experts for all you listeners out there for on the buying side and the selling side. The appraisal process is a valuable one to protect the lender, um, making sure that you're not overpaying, and it protects you. So waiving an appraisal is definitely a, a newer trend that we're walking through right now. I can see the benefits of it, but I can see the challenges of it. So just lean on your experts for their opinions of what's the best thing to do in right. the moment. And trust me, appraisers are people too. Okay, you know, as much as all we all want to say, okay, there's these in, invisible people going around mm-hmm. here dictating what the values of the market is. They know the trends just as well as an agents do. Um, so, if you have something that is a little suspect, there's a process, and right, you, the agents will walk you through it. Yep. So that's wow. We got in the weeds. That is amazing. What a great time of conversation of appraisals. Did not see that coming. But we were talking about what you know. What should we have a conversation about? And it always just seems to be what's very, relevant. Re- what's relevant and 
Every, you know, it keeps changing. Yep. So in this ever-changing ever market, market, there's constantly going to be something that's different that we can discuss. Um, and I think that's a great wish, yep. a great reason to listen to the podcast. Yep, that's why we're here. So quick change of pace here, an icon agent spotlight. Let me give you a quick highlight. We have a newer agent who's been with us for a couple months now, Bradley Lemon, and he just recently closed in his first house. So we're going to give him a big congratulations. He got his name on our icon um, sales board. That's yes. a big thing that we have in our office. And he was excited about getting his listing and getting under contract and getting closing and getting paid. And as an agent, that's always fun. So Bradley, congratulations to you. Keep up the good work. I know you've got new clients coming down the road as well. Um, and you're young, so you're going to you're gonna crush it. He could be he could be sitting in this seat one day. You never know. <laughs> congratulations, get there, get Bradley. There soon. That's our icon agent spotlight of the week. Well, what is happening in the world of Winchester and Frederick County that we need to pass on that we want to promote? Um, let's see. So there is Saturday, um, July 9th from 12 to 5. Old Town Winchester is doing their Kids Fest. Hmm. I think that's the one that might have gotten rained out before, but they're going to yes. have arts, music, sports game, uh, a Lego Derby. Yep. Not sure what that is, okay. but that sounds pretty interesting. Um, it's going to be just a lot of you know really good stuff. There's also... Colonial Kids Day is going to be in Millwood. Hmm. Um, and then we've got Here Comes the Fun also on Saturday from 10 to 3. That's going to be at Groves Harley-Davidson. All kinds of just things on the same day. Oh, and it seems like family kid festivals and fun. And Monster Truck Nationals is also on Saturday at the Clark County no Fairgrounds way. in Berryville. So if you like monster trucks, awesome. that's from 12 to 5. Now, um, today, actually from 4.30 to 7.30, there is going to be a free family fun day at the SPCA okay. in Winchester. So they're going to have music and cornhole and baked goods and bubbles and um, they're actually going to have a half price adoptions cool so it'll be a great time so it's for the dog days of summer wow at the spca i love it there's all kinds yep. of summer fun happening so that's, again that's today 4 30 to 7 30 in the full swing of things that's awesome well there's a lot happening i'm excited to to next week we're going to have some of our accountants on and uh, so be on the lookout for that interview next week where we get a chance to chat with some of the people from Hoddle and Willis and learn just what are some of the things that we need to think through if we're buying and selling a house from tax purposes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to the professionals. So that is what's going on in Iconic Talk next week. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. We hope you learned something from today's episode and look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. We appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us. And if you have a moment, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review. And if you're enjoying listening, take a moment to subscribe or share this podcast with your friends. Yep. Until next time, think iconic. Like